Welcome everyone to the Cocky Cockpit. We will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is episode 20 and we're live from the servers of twitch.tv and youtube.com. I'm your host from the outpost, David Frischkorn, and today we have a full cockpit. Our load is just ready to blow all over the thoughts <laughs> that is Han Solo, the Solo Star Wars story. story. Yeah, is that... It is a Star Wars story. It is a Star Wars okay. story. Because like Confirm. so far, so far, they there is no consistency to the way Star Wars stories are. So like all the episodes, like the actual numbered episodes, it's like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And then you get the whole crawl. Right? With uh, Rogue One, it literally just like was like, and a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, open on like a shot of a planet. And then this one was weird. It was like they kind of did a crawl, yeah. but they didn't do a crawl. Yeah, it was weird. And then they just like jumped right in. I don't know. It was Ladies before and I go to bed. Disney killed Star Wars. They haven't. <laughs> they haven't killed it yet, but murder is in progress. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, get your fingers on the trigger because this man gets more political than Palpatine. Ladies and gentlemen, Cole Egbert. I've been introduced. He has been introduced. We have two more <laughs> other fellow. Uh, cocky cockpit Just members here, Rendell and the beard. <laughs> and first off, we have my furry co-pilot Rob Branscom. What's up, everybody? And the pop culture phenom himself, Ken Hall. How's it going, Ken? What's going on, guys? What, what the fuck is up, guys? I mean, it's been a crazy last couple weeks for the cocky cockpit itself. So we've been out there. Of course, I went on vacation for my anniversary with my wife. I know. We've all I've been doing crazy stuff with our significant others, mm -hmm. um, but then of course uh, we were we were out there, uh, you know, promoting the show at Three Rivers Comic Con. We had a great time out there. Thank you so much for guys for coming out, and uh, it was a pleasure meeting all of you. And then uh, we took a week off just for Solo because everyone was going out seeing Solo. We didn't really have much to talk about. Other people were. Going out, I didn't feel like we were going to get the viewership that we normally get, so... Which made like, sense, because Solo didn't get the viewership that they oh, would normally get. Oh, what a... What? What a damn shame. <laughs> Coming out the gate strong, let, brother. Let, let me, let me, now, damn hold on. Shame. Now, let me, now that I've gotten the heat out of my system, I actually did not hate this movie. Alright, so we're going to get straight into this, alright? So normally, this is our time to do some banter. May the force be with you, Army Gamer. Thank Great you again so much for the uh, follow. Hogtie91. Hogtie like as well. Thank you. Let's um, hog time. Indeed. What's hog, Hogtie down this uh, this review of ours? So, um, what the fuck was I even saying? I can't even remember I think, that. you know, you, you Okay, was, know. solo. So here's how we're going to do it. Normally we do our banter before, the, but we got only about an hour and a half to get our reviews and our thoughts out there. So we're going to get right into it. I want to start this review by just simply going around. Now, here, I'll give you the lay down how we're going to do this. We're going to go around once, and I just want to know thumbs up or thumbs down. That's all I want to know. From there, we'll kind of go into bits and pieces of the film. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the story, the characters. Uh, and then we'll go the plot. Spoiler the, the plot. Alert. Yes, absolute spoiler alert all over this. If you haven't There's seen a it by now. We gave a, we, we, listen, if, it, if you are watching and you haven't weekend. seen it yet, why are you following yeah. a very specifically Star Wars <laughs> podcast? Um, right. But we'll talk about the plot, and then at the end, I want us all to kind of review it based on a 10-point scale so we can give it an official cocky cockpit stamp of uh, a review score. 
We could do that, I guess. That'd be okay. Sound, are you okay with that? Yeah, I mean. All right. Cool. cool I, got like I got nothing better to do. Like a dick, dick scuff? <laughs> Get a what? Is that like a dick scuff or something? Yeah, it's something dick like. Stuff? What do you mean? Like, like a, one of them? Yeah. One of them? Yeah. Oh, like yeah, a mushroom like stamp. stamp of approval. Right? That's like a <laughs> mushroom <laughs> stamp of approval. <laughs> no, that's... I, I'm making Stop that. I am gonna. That is gonna be like. It's gonna be look like a. Could be a or it could forward. just be a t-shirt. <laughs> okay. A mushroom stamp of approval. I love it. I love it. Okay. It's like a... So I guess. Well, we've already started from you. Are we saying a, a thumbs up from you? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll go I'm also up. gonna go ahead and give Solo Star Wars Story a thumbs up. Big surprise. Because I'm the optimistic one. <laughs> Ken, what do you think? Thumbs up. He's giving it a thumbs up. And Rob. Huh. Two this big is, thumbs so up. So this is on this is very this is surprising to me because it seems like from my surveillance of the broader community that this movie's okay, this movie's response is not nearly as controversial as The Last Jedi's was. I agree. By no, far. But there's still a lot of people out there that didn't like this movie. Right. And I think and I think that's okay for them. I mean, well, I can definitely see where, and we'll get into this, but I can see where people can have their disagreement with this film. And, and, I, and one thing I think is it's worth worth discussing, and I think that this is maybe, maybe part of the reason why we're all feeling fairly positive about this movie, which is that, so the issue that we had with The Last Jedi and the reason why I and many other people hate this movie so much is at least part of it is because it was really built up as like it was going to be amazing and different and interesting and you know everybody was pretty like the hype was just like through the roof and everybody was convinced that even if it wasn't the best Star Wars movie ever it would still be interesting and and we were going to get a continuation and find out what happens with Kylo and Rey and all this good stuff and then when the movie turned out to be so fucking disappointing mm -hmm. that was what made it so brutal and then with Solo now we and we had this conversation a little bit a little while back mm -hmm. And I believe we actually, we, we talked about exactly this. With Solo, we went through three directors. We had all sorts of issues behind the scenes. We had all this different stuff. And so we went in not super optimistic. Yeah, everyone right? like, went into this with their, with with their expectations fairly low. Right. And, and, and I'm not going to say, this is not the best Star Wars movie ever. I don't think it's necessarily even a, it's not a, it's, I wouldn't even say it's a good movie. It's, it's, a, it's an okay movie, okay. you know. But because we went in expecting it to be kind of a bad movie, okay, seems pretty good, especially coming right off the heels of the Last Jedi. You know, okay. this this is this is where I think a lot of this is coming from. But I'm interested to hear more specifically. I think what you guys like, what you guys think of of the movie. Absolutely. You know? So I think the biggest elephant in the room that we were all extremely concerned with with uh, this movie was Alden Ehrenreich taking on the role of Han Solo. And you know, with the with you the, guys were. with the rumors of acting coaches being on set and all of this, um, there were a lot. Of, I mean, not just me, Ken. It was it was me. It was a lot oh, of no. people that were very skeptical of how he was going to take on the role of Han Solo. What did we all think about Aaron Alderich taking on? I think he was one of the worst parts of the movie. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think he did a pretty decent job. I don't think he was great. He did have his moments where, like, you know, sometimes we were watching him, and I was like, okay, that's very, very Han Solo. I like mm. that. But then there was other times when it, he just, like, I, I don't know, like, when he was, like, getting separated from, uh, from, uh, um, Kira, no, Kira? Kira. Yeah, yeah, Kira. At the beginning. Um, 
I, I it didn't sound like Han Solo to me. For, um, for even those, just parts at the end, which we'll get into. I don't feel like that was uh, the Han Solo thing to do. I, and I do. And a fun anecdote uh, for those in the viewership that are not aware. Uh, my girlfriend's name is Kira, and when I took her to see this movie, <laughs> she got like really confused constantly. Cause spelled we, completely differently. Spelled completely differently. Q I apostrophe R A versus K I E R A, but still like. It, it, it was really funny because, like, she would every time someone said the character's name in the movie, she would like look around, like she didn't even notice. It was it was very funny, um, like a dog. You just call it like, right. But but to where um, to where Alden was concerned, my my bigger point about this movie because I originally saw it with one of our frequent contributors, Jake. Mm -hmm. um, we went out. We we went and saw it. Um, not we not opening night for this one, but we went the next day. And um, I remember getting out of the theater, and we, you know, we were thinking about the movie. We we kind of gave it a little bit of time to gel. Went and grabbed something to eat, and then when we started talking about it, I remember my first reaction to the film, and I still think that this is correct because I went and saw it again this past uh, two, about two days ago. Okay. I think this is really my feeling about the movie: is that this movie, taken as it is, I give it a, I give it about a six. Okay. Okay. I think if it hadn't been Han Solo, I probably would have given it a seven or an eight. Okay. I think the fact that it's that it's supposed to be Han Solo makes the movie worse, not better. All right. Ken, I know you were very optimistic with Honor right taking on this role. What did you think? How did you think he did? Um, I thought you know I thought he did all right. Um, he did. I, I thought his chemistry with um, Chewbacca actor uh, Jonas Tatomas was was phenomenal. That's such I a thought fun they had to great say. back and forth. Yeah, that's I practiced that all I'll day. I'll say you great back and forth. They had a fucking shower scene. <laughs> they did have a so really romantic that, shower scene. I thought we, they had good banter. Name? I thought they had good back and forth. Aida? All right, following over there on Mixer, Ahita, thank you so much for the follow, man. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm sorry, Ken, go ahead. Oh, not a problem. So that's um, all follows. Thank you. So no, I, I thought they had good uh, good back and forth banter. I thought that. Uh, the chemistry was there, so it it, it felt like Han Solo. <coughs> um, there were a couple times where where um, Alden had a little bit of a character break, whether it was with voice or or just um, something that we thought maybe wasn't so Han Solo-ish. Um, I love the Kessel Run, um, and which we'll get into. Explain how. Yeah. Right. I yeah, do. I, mean, I, I did. I do remember. Fun. It's funny that you say that because. After my initial response being what we just discussed, one of my probably second or third things after that was I appreciated them explaining or, or dealing with the fact that a parsec is a unit of distance and not right. time. Right. Because like people have been making fun of Star Wars for that ever since Episode Four. It's all right. over the place in Blue Harvest. And then like to for, to actually address it that like the normal route is twenty parsecs, and we took the twelve parsec route. Like that's I thought it was funny. You yeah. Know? Um, right, I, right, right. I was, I was pleased with that. So, I mean, all in all, I saw it twice. I saw it um, Thursday night, opening night. Uh, went again the following Monday, saw it, and um, I think I'm going to give it a solid seven point five out of ten. Seven point five, interesting. Seven point five. Well, that's where I'm going. Our host is on a temporary hiatus, but we will, uh, we will continue and soldier on. Uh, so here's the deal. So so now we need to get some thoughts from Rob. So we've we've heard from Ken. We know, we like Alden. I'm not Alden's biggest fan. I think that he was really the weakest link of the movie. To be completely honest, Rob, what do you think about this? 
about him specifically or the movie? Like, am I just give give us a little bit of both, right? We got we got a general impression. We got to talk about Alden, right? We got I gave the movie about a six. I'm not a big fan of Alden. I thought the rest of it was good. You know, Ken gave us hey seven point five probably on the whole. Alden, yeah, you know, not. Perfect, but solid. What do you think here? Wasn't good, wasn't great, you um, know? I wasn't disappointed with it. Um, he wasn't the best I, I think could have been, but, I mean, I think he didn't He didn't come close to Gambino. He didn't come close to Donald Glover. Well, I think, I there's, think he stole the show. I think we can agree, we can I agree with that. Until we start talking about that. Yeah, so. we'll, we'll get okay. to that here in a second. We, That's going to be the next topic. Yeah. There's definitely something that we can agree on, believe it or not. Um, I would say... Uh, it, it's it's sort of funny, but the observation remains remains true, which is that I think the entire Star Wars community would have rathered that Harrison Ford star, and what we all just pretend that he's like twenty. You know, everybody would rather just pretend that he's twenty. Him trying to force it on us, right? They have men's beauty products, man. You can make him look younger. I mean, look at Shallow How. Yeah, and that was so long ago. They made her look so big, but she wasn't, or wasn't vice versa. No, it was the right way. Rob, what are you talking about? <laughs> Jack Black. All right, so, I mean, Rob, did, did you said overall you're okay with him, but he's not yeah, Gambino. he was okay. Okay. I, I mean, I'm not saying I was disappointed or anything, but he was he was okay. Okay. Why don't why don't you start us off? Thoughts on Donald Glover, a.k.a. Uh, Childish Gambino, taking on the role of Lando Calrissian? Well, first, I'll tell you that I was never, I was never nervous about that. That was a great selection. Always loved the guy. And I, I think he's hilarious. I think he's intelligent. He knows how to write. He knows how to act. Um, I think they couldn't have picked a better person for the role. Hmm. Ken? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to actually counterpoint that. I was a little disappointed. Woo! Because, this guy because be everybody... And hear me out here, because I'm a big fan of this movie. Um, hear me out here, though. Yes, I'm a big Donald Glover fan as well. So, and yes, he did nail Lando pretty pretty closely. I expected the performance to be something a little more. I expected there just to be something a little extra. So, Alden was a pleasant surprise because we expected him to be terrible, and he wasn't exactly terrible. I expected Donald Glover to be great, just phenomenal, and he was okay. He was good. Let me ask you a question. So he, he nailed the role. Let me ask you. Rob's question. got some attitude, man. He's getting <laughs> sassy. Name, it's I getting you, sassy. I want you to try and name one other person that could have done a better job. Well, see, that's the thing. I can't name a better person that that would do. I think that he that he was the perfect selection. Williams. Yeah. He was the perfect selection, but well, I expected him. They're both young, but that doesn't. That's not. You yeah, know, it, like, dude. That's not realistic. Give me Billy. Give me Billy D. Give me Harrison Ford. Listen, 80-year-old Harrison they Ford making out with 30-year-old Daenerys Targaryen. I Billy Dee, I'd love to see Billy D in episode 9, but yeah. that's besides the point. We're not well, talking which, about that. Yeah, right but which I think, I think we're going to see. Do you but really? Do you think so? I do. We're, we're, we, almost, we almost need to. Rumor on the street right now is that he is working out. Like, he is, like, kind of, like, with a like a He walks you with know, a cane. Trainer. There's only so much he can do. Right. He walks with a cane. There's only so much he can do. Right, right. I agree. But again, that's all rumors, so, right? You know, my all my all my right. guesses for the Last Jedi were completely wrong. So what do I know? Cool. What did you think, Ability? Or I'm sorry, excuse me for uh, Lando Calrissian. So so exactly. okay. So I get to bring in sort of the outside <laughs> perspective here because I had no idea who Donald Glover was before seeing this movie. Um, I don't know. I don't know what Gambino is. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that's that is. That's his rap name. <laughs> he's a, he's he, a rapper. He's a rapper. Have you okay? 
Cole. Wait, Cole, Donald Glover is a rapper? Cole does this yeah. thing Donald where he Glover doesn't understand like pop culture, like when it comes to like music and stuff like that. Yeah. He's a very, you know, like I'm surprised you remember. I remember I like telling you, like much. asking you if you knew who like Lady Gaga was, and you're like, who the fuck's that? Well, I've since learned who Lady right. Gaga you, is. You're, you're sniffing out there. Done she's like a very, a, very good job. Yeah, so she's far. Lady Gaga's the. She's not, not no country is Taylor Swift. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> well, no, she's not really country anymore. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I, I don't care. <laughs> but um, okay, so Donald Glover. Here's he, so my outside let me, perspective. Let me let me fill you in on Childish Gambino real quick. Okay. okay, so he he is a rapper. Okay, okay, and he put his he he made he used a name generator for a Wu Tang name for his rapper name, and it popped out Childish Gambino, and he kept it. Interesting. Okay, but go ahead. That, and that's all we need to know about. That's him? all you need to know. All right, he's fine. dedicated. Oh, so, but the, then again. His, you know, his his video, This Is America, is like the biggest fucking video in the world right I now. I can't believe, I know he's seen that. There's no oh, yeah, no, so I've, I've, I I didn't realize that that I was him. Yes. Okay, I actually, I the reason I have seen that is because it's been extremely politicized <laughs> by the left, and, and it's very funny. Um, <laughs> there, that, it's the, the shot where he's like on his side, yeah. like about to shoot what someone, the guy. Someone and... made a fan art of that, but it's Lando Calrissian doing that pose. Which is... And it says, this is Cloud City. I screenshot that on my phone. (laughs) Okay. Of course. So, okay. The floor is here. So, again, the outside perspective, not coming in, not having any idea who this guy was, I was fairly impressed. Now, being, there is is another thing to talk about with Lando. But, before we do that, I will say that I really liked Donald Glover's performance as Lando. I I thought that, I thought that this Lando was much better than this Han. By far. Like I, I was I was I had much more fun watching Lando than I did watching Han because they made they managed to make Han Solo awkward in a lot of these scenes, which was sort of I don't want to see him just like fuck up constantly, you know. Like part of Han Solo being Han Solo is that he's kinda gotta have this attitude and things kinda just have to sort of work out for him, you know. You think about it, though Han Solo always fucks up. Yeah, but it all he, he fucks up and then like he fucks up in a way that like it's exactly like Dave's character from the old uh, Star Wars stream that we did, where he like he just would like shoot and miss completely, but then it would like hit that a light and the glass would kill somebody. You know, like that's that Han Solo's fun. deal. Like Han Solo just he always fucks up, but then he's so lucky that the fuck up works. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, we didn't get, but 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 it, but it, Harrison Ford managed to take that kind of character and make him really interesting and cool and kind of the suave smuggler, you know, kind of guy. Whereas, like, I felt kind of let down by this haunt. Not so at all with Lando. I okay. felt I felt like, despite the big elephant in the room where Lando is concerned that we do need to talk about, which we'll get to, I thought we'll that that aside, the performance was really, really good. Okay, I agree. Uh, my quick thoughts on Lando, good. I think he definitely stole the show. He's definitely one of the biggest... Uh, Oh, I, I don't I don't agree that he stole the show. Oh, I think I think he did. I think, I think there were I think there were two actors that that blew him out of the water. Okay, and I can't wait to hear. But I don't know. Just when he was on screen, he was pulling all of the attention. You could not wait to hear what he was gonna say next, what he was gonna do next. I just I was really really into everything he had to say. Um, See, I thought his I thought his banter with with Alden's Han Solo was was pretty spot on too. Like, they mm-hmm. had good chemistry as well, so... Um, real quick, I think we can all say that... Uh, Ken, how do you pronounce his name again? The man who does Chewbacca? Uh, Jonas? Yes. 
Jonas, I think I think we can all agree that Jonas did a bang up job as Chewbacca again this time. Um, definitely much better performance than uh, his previous performances in, in the you know Force Awakens and the Last Jedi as Chewbacca, and it definitely felt like Chewbacca than being just like a background character like he was in the last two other films. Yeah, that, I, in. that was that was something Mike. I did. Go ahead, Ken. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I was something gonna I really Mike appreciated. <laughs> there we go. All right, let's go with go Cole ahead, first. No, Ken, 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 go. <laughs> All right, let's go Ken first. All right, Sorry. I'll go first. I'll, I'll go now, okay. No, um, unfortunately, like like uh, Jonas Atomas, his um, performance in, in Force Awakens wasn't necessarily all his because he didn't. He True. wasn't the one primarily in the Wookiee suit. Wookiee. Uh, you fucking seven. dick. You're saying it like that. Wookiee. Wookie. You fucking Rio Wookie. dick. <laughs> hey, get out of there. Hey, you know what? We'll, we'll talk about that character. We will. We'll get to that. We'll go ahead. Um, no, I, I thought his, I thought uh, Satomas, he was really able to just kind of um, stay, you know, he was able to shine more. Mm-hmm. So I, I liked how they made uh, Chewbacca more violent. So slamming that dude on his head, ripping the other guy's arms off, you know. Uh, I enjoyed eating that people. aspect of seeing that part. You know, that <laughs> literally <of> eating people. <laughs> yeah, literally. No, it was great. Literally, like being fed people. I agree. That was actually so something that I I have not put a tremendous, uh, I guess you could say, as as quite as much thought into as some of the other aspects of the movies, but which I very much did appreciate was that this was one of the first movies where I think they and the fact that they pulled it off with the fact the fact that he doesn't speak English or common was was extra interesting is that they made they, this is the first movie where i really felt like chewbacca was a central character as mm-hmm. opposed to han's furry sidekick right you know and and mm-hmm. despite the fact that he does not speak common they managed to make his character really interesting and have a very dynamic sort of impact on the plot and uh, uh, i thought i thought that his his shining moment by far for for chewie was when he helped lead the wookies during the rebellion mm-hmm. part that was very good mm-hmm. um but uh uh, I, if anybody that's watched the uh, the RPG stream knows that I have a soft spot in my heart for the Wookiee folk. Indeed, um, I love ripping <laughs> arms off. Rob, what did you what did you think of Chewbacca? I like Chewbacca in this one. Um, the shower scene was a little uncomfortable for me. Because Are you I kidding was... me? The shower scene was <laughs> the right scene on. Was excellent. Listen, it was I... so good. Don't it drop was, the soap. Do not drop the soap with Chewbacca. Or you're going to find the it's red the rocket. The first thing that happens when anybody has a two-guy shower scene for me is I'm not gay, but it happens. I think who's going <laughs> to yes, be the one to get it. When's the last time that it happened to you, Rob? <laughs> when is the last time that it ju- it, it happened you know, to you? <laughs> video on Motherless, dude. What do you want me to tell you? I, I understand completely. Exactly. Okay, so, okay, so let's see. So we've talked... But no, Chewbacca was awesome. I love the way they introduced him. Yeah. Um, I oh, I, I, I. What's I funny great. is there were a lot of people online who were really upset about that. There were people that were like, "Oh, they made this joke about like, you know, Chewie's a rancor now." And I'm like, "No, I thought that was a freaking hilarious way to throw him in there." Mm-hmm. Like, and the, the fact that like, you know, that was a that was one of the scenes where I really liked Alden. And what's funny is most of the scenes where I liked Alden were when he was interacting with Chewie. Right, right. He played yeah. that relationship. They had such a good. They had such a good dynamic. Yeah, they play. He, they played that relationship extremely well, or I guess you could say Alden did. But, but that particular scene, I thought was was just. It was just so stereotypically Han Solo. He meets his best friend, 
his when he meets his best friend, his best friend is trying to kill him, and he manages to talk his way out of it. Yeah, yeah. You know that I, like he talks really his way into it. his best friend. You know, it's very, it's very, it's a very fitting way for that friendship to start. Yeah. Rowdy Gowdy over on uh, Twitch.tv says that the smugglers run from uh, uh, Solo Story. I believe that was the uh, one from Celebration. Smugglers Run. I'm almost positive. Um, was a better story. Yeah, it's been so long since I've heard. I don't, it, think, so I I don't think I'm familiar. Uh, Star Wars Celebration, they do like a like a live action radio drama, um, where oh. they actually acted up on the stage and stuff like that. And it's one of the stories that they wrote for it. Wrote hmm. for it. Um, did and, they actually yeah. feature? I remember. I remember Alden last year's. Harrison? No, 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 no. So it was voice act by uh, another gentleman. I uh, can't even remember his name at the moment, but oh. we should check it out sometime. They're on YouTube. Sure. All right. So we talked about, of course, the big three: Chewie, Han, and uh, Lando. Of course, uh, I think we have to talk about Kira real quick. So okay. So when we talk about there being, I think, for me, two actors whose performances I thought were the top of uh, the top of the top here definitely uh, i think a step higher than what we got from even donald glover who again okay. whose performance i really liked i thought amelia clark was fantastic in this character i thought the character was extremely well written and i find that a lot of the salt that's out on the internet about this character to com- i think it comes from a very particular place and i'm saying this is like Why is a very far right Republican who, you know, has a lot to say about new wave feminism. I thought that character was fantastic. Absolutely. Um, and we can go into a little bit more of why I'm sure there might be a little bit of dissent, um, out there. I will also, uh, I will go ahead and, and just throw out, uh, you know, Oh, I just realized you're shaking salt in the delayed image. That's... I just saw that too. Dude, well here's here's I didn't I didn't get that because now I feel now I feel dissed. Okay. Now I feel. No, I was I was. I was... <laughs> oh, you were you were. I was. You were actually salt. being my hype man. Yeah. Okay, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, but no, I I I thought that the performance uh, from her was really fantastic. Um, and and I'll, I will let you guys expound on that. But to uh, to get it out there. Woody Harrelson was the best. Actor. Okay, I agree. Woody Harrelson was excellent. We'll get into him. He was the best. He's he'll he'll be the next uh, person we'll get kind of get into. Mm-hmm. So uh, Kira, though, yeah, Kira. I think I think uh, you know I totally believed her the whole way through. You know, I wanted uh, you know following her story. You know, from the beginning in the act one of her trying to escape this uh, this criminal syndicate and trying to get off of a uh, off of Corellia and then you know being separated. And then, you know, cheering for Han to basically be able to go back and get his, his loved one back. And then for her to just turn up on, on this yacht. And she just has a whole new attitude. And, like, she's seen and done some shit. And, you know, knowing, like, this just can't work between us anymore. And just how that story unfolded, which we'll kind of get into more. Ken, what do you think? Oh, she was phenomenal. So uh, I didn't feel like she was portraying her character from Game of Thrones at all. I felt that Kira was just a completely new experience and character for her. Which um, and that's no, really the challenge, isn't it? Though, like when you're, you know, when you are, when you when you, when you when, view specific actors or actresses that right. are famous for other roles, you expect to like, see some sort of Peter Dinklage in, in Peter Dinklage in Infinity War was very much something. You know, he felt like he was portraying his character from Game of Thrones. Well, and, and I, with Kira, I don't and, even know. If, I don't even know if you can even say that so much as it's just like they, regardless of whether they're portraying the character or not, it's like sometimes 
you come from sometimes it, you feel you, sometimes you see their their characters come through right well, in or, other characters or it's even more like i think it's even it's even more like you know you you get particular characters or particular franchises that have so much cultural weight that it's just like you know you, you every every person who sees daniel radcliffe it's just oh that's harry potter mm-hmm. you know what i mean right. and and to have a char- a show as prominent as game of game as game of thrones and a character as prominent as Daenerys, it's like, I think it's almost hard not to see Daenerys when you look at her. And I think the fact that... Yeah, I didn't see it. didn't necessarily I didn't see, it. see I thought... it. Yeah, that it wasn't like smacking you in the face is actually a sign that she managed to really play the character well. She was able to portray the character strongly right. enough that it distinguished itself yeah. from Daenerys, you know? I, I, right. Yeah, like, I agree I with you completely. I didn't see both characters at all. So that's, I mean, I, I thought she did a really bang up job with that. Rob's like, what's what's Rob doing over here? I can't. He's got a little small oh, image no. there. What do you think, Rob? I I I thought she did a great job. I didn't even realize she was from the Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't know she was from Game of Thrones. What? I don't. Yep. I haven't watched Game of Thrones. I don't have HBO. Oh Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ! Okay, Rob. you're coming over. We're gonna we're gonna fix it. <laughs> I have at least I have the first I have the first three seasons on Blu-ray. We're gonna make an evening out of it. Uh, I'll, we'll I'll cuddle. Join. I'll join for that. Popcorn. Okay, um, I think I, I feel like the, I, I feel like the rest of the characters, <laughs> including including uh, you know uh, Woody Harrelson's character, we'll cover. Let's actually start to unfold this plot a little bit, right? Yeah, so we got we got to find something we disagree on here because so far right. we just thought we're all like, oh yeah, it's been good, it's been yeah. good. So like, what's awful? Well, uh, what's we'll get in that. I want to I want to go piece by piece, kind of walk through, walk do a walk through through the movie, and kind of we'll we'll speak up as we we feel to. So one again, full spoilers. Let's, let's yeah again full spoilers. What do we think about not having a crawl in the film? Is it kind of pulling away from this the Star Wars feel of things? Now, now that we've no. had two of them. No, I think I th- I, I wish we. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> All right. I wish we had had a little bit more consistency between the two. Like I said before, I I think I think it's a perfectly fine choice not to have the crawl. In fact, I think if you want to make a clear distinction between what is an episode and what is just a story. You know, almost as though a story's a spin-off or a DLC <laughs> to the story. You know, if you want to look at it that way, then it makes sense to have some kind of some some kind of distinguishing marks, I guess you could say. So I'm fine with them not using a crawl. I guess I wish it. It's not a. It wasn't a big deal to me. It wasn't a deal breaker. I kind of wish we had seen a little more. You know, uh, a little more consistency between them, like in, you know, maybe have both of them snap open onto a scene, mm-hmm. or both of them with like that short little crawl or something. But like, kind of going from one to the other is a little weird. But ultimately, to me, it wasn't. It didn't matter. See, for me, deal. for me, Rogue One went from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away to a big loud noise, and all of a sudden they're on a planet with no explanation or what's going on. Can I you repeat that again? That solo... What's that? Can you repeat that noise again? It was like, I mean, like literally, it was just a noise. It was just like a loud noise, and suddenly they were on the the planet. I thought that it wasn't a crawl, but it gave a little bit of insight as to what planet we were going to be on and where these characters were going to be at at the time. It, while I mean, it wasn't a traditional crawl. It was just a little opening that gave us, you know, just a, a tidbit. So, and, and personally, I mean, I was invested in the first ten minutes. So, excellent. Rob, what do you think? Uh, crawl or no call? Okay, well, let me start by saying that I don't remember sitting for The Last Jedi or Force Awakens and remembering how the scroll worked because it's like everything else. 
um, Solo, I will remember the day that I saw a Star Wars movie that didn't have a scroll. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that was Rogue that One. It should have been Rogue One. But it wasn't. It was a Star Wars story with Solo. And mm-hmm. it just, it cut, it distinguished, and hopefully they go that way. Because I, I didn't mind it. I mean, you could tweak it to be a little Star Wars y, but. Been some honestly, crawls. I, I enjoyed it. I it's enjoyed a, it. Yeah, I, I mean, the crawl, I don't think the crawl was terribly controversial. But now, I, I, seen... I, have to, I have to disagree. I am one of the guys who feel that there should be a crawl. I, that no, is Star no, Wars. No, no, it's no, a no, fan. No. over here in SMID. Why Why well, couldn't we take the whole line about Lady Petra or whatever her fucking name was? You it know, doesn't matter because she was on and off screen in four but, minutes. And we'll get there. <laughs> but, like, I'm just saying, Do we like, need to? <laughs> we're talking, like, if you put a black screen with yellow text that scrolls up, people are going to think Star Wars. Why not keep that tradition going? It is just a fanfare. It's there. And I think overall, in the long run of things, this will help keep people in perspective as to what is going on and where these times take place. And Well, so so in, in one sense, I, I think maybe, maybe there's a, there could be, part of it's that there's maybe a slight difference in tone, right? That, that, when you talk about, and this is part of my issue with episodes seven and eight, is when you talk about the actual, the episodic films, right? Nine being the next one, like, it's a continuous storyline about a certain group of interrelated characters. Family of characters. And, and ultimately, it's, it's meant to, tr- to follow the, the sort of hero's story, the classic literary arc. Right, so there's a, there's a bit of an upbeatness to it. There's a there's some of that going on with the Star Wars stories so far. They're fairly depressing, mm-hmm. which as in comparison, which I like. I think there's a lot more. I've said this many times before. I think there's a lot more room in Star Wars for really dark content. Like you know, everybody likes to say like, oh, The Empire Strikes Back is a classic example of like when a film you know a dark turn that a franchise took. It's like. You know, we can go a lot darker than than five. We, you know, eight. I guess had some dark elements to it if you want to look at it that way. But like, eh, you know, we. I I think there is room for a grittier, more R-rated Star Wars, as we've discussed. And I think that Solo and Rogue One make moves in that direction. I would like to see them embrace that more. Um, but and and, and that and that doesn't come off with a crawl, you know. Too. If you start with like a big upbeat crawl, you know that doesn't feed well into a really really fucked up movie, mm-hmm. which I would like to see. Seabridge weighs in over there on Twitch.tv, and he says, "I find that the blue paragraph was enough of a nod of the crawl, and that's a great compromise. It was also a fun nod to the first cut of A New Hope, which we had the blue color colored crawl. I agree. I mean, I I guess it I guess it's enough." I just kind of like why not just go the extra step you're already you're already this far why not just take the upper step but you know i i uh it is what it is it also keeps them separate you're just a sour place uh, i don't think okay. so so we get the crawl i don't so, know that there's crawl? a ton to talk about where corellia okay what's well, so, real quick i think just we can go through talk about just what do we thought about corellia lady paxson it's that whole ordeal. Proxima. Proxima. There we go. I think, I, th- I mean, to me, Corellia was, you know, Corellia is a, f- a planet that has existed in the, you know, canon for a while, right? Mm-hmm. It's where, it's one of the two planets where the Empire makes the majority of its warships. So we, you know, it was, it was a nice touch to get to see all the different pieces of the Star Destroyers getting the lifted Star Destroyers being built and, those, and all you know, that. Those that different excellent. things. But honestly, I mean, it's 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 basically what I picture when you right. when you talk about a about like a world where that's happening. 
And I thought, I mean, to me, that whole sequence was fairly forgettable. I mean, they did just enough acting to establish the bond between Kira and Han. And then, you know, there's a little bit of stuff with some characters that don't matter. And then we're in the spaceport. And then there's the big separation. Right. And then we'll we get go off to war. Yeah. I, I thought the planet right. was fine. Basically. Go ahead, Ken. Yeah, Corellia, I mean, Corellia, Corellia as a planet was, was fine. Um, the 10 minutes or so it was on screen, like I said, I was invested in the characters. Um, within those 10 minutes, you know, because of the situation of what happened and everything, um, you know, that's that she wanted them to get back together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you don't, though, because you know he's going to end up with Leia, and, you know, you got to have... <laughs> You gotta have have Kylo get born, or else there's not going to be any interesting characters in episodes seven, eight, or nine. Rob, what do you think? They're already as of right now. What? Oh, what I think about Corellia is already... Corellia and Lady uh, Praxima. What was it? Proxima. Proxima. Lady Proxima. The name reminds me of Starcraft. I don't know why. <laughs> she reminds me of Starcraft. <laughs> she does. Maybe that's why she reminds me of a Zerg. One of the Zerg. Uh, yeah, I gotcha. Wieners. Yeah, we're cool. <laughs> Zerg wieners. See, I was uh, I, I I was a big fan of this scene. It, there was a you know Corellia. Cool. I kind of wish they would have kind of pulled back a little more, show us a little more of the planet, much like Rogue One did. Whenever like you know we first got our first scene of the planet, we kind of got a shot of it from you know outer space and kind of pulled into it that way. Um, but like the nice little shots of like uh, you know all the ships being built and just like the the underworld that we're seeing and you know the children and stuff like running around and everyone's just like kind of like holding on to anything that they stole because they can have that stolen from them. So I thought it was really cool. They should have had her speak an alien language, having her pop up menacingly. The voice is the short British lady from NCIS Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, awesome. Good layout there, uh, Bridge. Um, <sighs> But Lady Proxima, I, I like the scene. I like the thermal detonator. Uh, that was so dumb. No, that was that was, that was It was very Han, but I it was loved so it. dumb. Um, I the puppeteering at times was not nearly as good. Just like the, she felt like very weightless, kind of wiggly. Kinda, yeah, kind of wiggling at times. But uh, ultimately, and then the CGI scene whenever the sun hits down, that was like it really pulled me out of it for a sec. The whole blue filter and stuff like that, I thought it had a pretty cool look to it. Definitely felt like cold and damp and uh, gritty down there. Um, I know a lot of people were bitching about that kind of blue over. What was that, Ken? Very underworldish. Yes, yes, absolutely. Did have that vibe to it. I'll give you that. So then, of course, they, you know, they uh, mentioned that the, you know, they steal the the little thing and they go to the spaceport. Right, we. Uh, this is of course. This is after, of course. This Galaxium. after. Yeah, again, uh, this is it's after the thing. whole chase scene, uh, but I think this is the next big kind of part in this in this whole scene where we see the separation of them. Um, I mean, I, uh, anything you want to wish no, to say I mean, about it? To, to me, I mean, I I think they, you know, Ken has it good. It's like they they gave us about ten minutes or so of exposition. Uh -huh. A lot of it was just kind of there to fill us out with a bit of action. That's fine. It gave us a touch more time to kind of get used to the idea of these characters. I I, I don't know. I think the the opening was to me was very was very. I guess you could. It's standard. I mean, it just mm -hmm. it felt right. like it was an it was a measured opening, and then they kind of threw us off into space, which was good. I mean, right. and one of the things I liked about the way that this opening kind of flowed into the rest of the movie, which I think is worth talking about, is is something all that when way back when Rogue One came out that we discussed and, and was one of my favorite things about Rogue One, and I think it's just a good thing that the Star Wars stories can do in general, <laughs> is that it made the universe, it made the galaxy feel bigger, 
right? You know, Solo is another example where, like, with Rogue One, we had all these different planets. We had quick snaps between different things happening in different places. It wasn't really centrally focused on any one character. Even having Han be this central character, we still got a lot of different planets, a lot of unnamed planets, right? It, it just kind of, like, gave us a, a rapid fire. Here's a lot of different places, right? It gave a feeling that the universe is, that, that the galaxy is very, very big. And Kessel, especially, and the whole that whole sequence really worked well for it. But prior to Kessel, we had him. We had the meeting Woody Harrelson on the and, and his crew on the on the mud planet. Before and we, then the train heist. Right before we get to that, I just want to uh, mention real quick. What did we think about Han Solo getting the name Solo? How did we feel about that? Did you like it? Did you <laughs> I, not like it? I didn't care. I thought I was like okay. Did you think? All right, yeah. so you're you're pretty okay with it. Like whatever. Ken, Rob, what do you guys think? Same. It was they, whatever. They kind of made it a throwaway thing, so yeah, I just they, took they it really as a throwaway yeah, thing. Yeah, Force Awakens to me. Okay. The, yeah, they kind of made it a throwaway thing, and and just, I mean, I don't know, it felt maybe a little unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, but... Yeah. All right. You know, um, knowing that, you know, feeling like he has no people and everything, that, I mean, it was whatever. Rich over there, uh, again on tw- uh, Twitch, says... That the chemistry between Kira and Han was great on Corellia. Nice to see young love, uh, largely hormonal, and then the chemistry immediately gone when the next time they meet. Uh, while slightly realistic, they haven't seen each other for three years. Not a great, uh, but not great when it is the main romance of the movie. Sure. See, I'll actually, I'll actually disagree with you there. I think that that worked really well. Mm-hmm. The fact that like it was like. The fact that, the, you know, they, they set it up to be, you know, oh, it's going to be this love story and he's going to go back and get his girl and all that. But then anyone who's fu- who's paying attention, of course, knows that he ends up with Leia and Kira's nowhere to be seen in the beginning of episode four, which is like less than ten years later. Mm-hmm. So we knew she was either going to die or something was going to happen. And, you know, to me it was like, it was nice to like, in my mind, it was like they got separated and I thought, oh, maybe they never see each other again, but we know they will mm-hmm. because we'd seen the trailer. And then they meet up on the boat, and like it's kind of frigid, and like, eh, and then so I'm like, okay, this we, I see where this is going immediately. Um, I I was kind of sad in the sense that we just immediately flash forward three years, and now it's like we see him in the trenches. I'm glad they did it for the pacing of things, but at the same mm. time, I kind of wish we got a little more of a look inside on in the naval academy i say we can't we just we just can't fucking get anywhere on this shit like, i i want to hit because with, with, i want to because we got an hour with episode eight with episode eight we don't have an hour and a half like listen with episode eight it's like two fucking days and you're just like oh it totally makes sense and then we get to solo and they give us a nice little time jump and you're just like i wish that it had, it had taken longer <laughs> you know this guy you, you, this guy over here it's like it's like can we decide on how the damn timeline is supposed to work no, I don't. No, trust me, I was, I was, I was not okay with the fact that it was a two day. Oh, span. okay. I, that's, I, I thought that's what you're I thought you were defending that the no, last time. No, we were no, 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 no. I'm just saying, you know, we we always talk about Han in the Imperial Academy and stuff. I'm sorry. What it's that just was like, like, it's just like anytime somebody thinks Episode Eight is good, it makes me a little <laughs> sick. It's hard to. So uh, I mean, uh, but with that with that whole battle scene going down, we're seeing the ATSTs get dropped and all that. I thought that scene was awesome up until yeah, that point, that and especially cool. seeing the, their their general just get blown out of the sky. And I will deal. say, I will say the lead into it with the little like GoArmy.org commercial <laughs> was was good. You know, with the uh, you know, <laughs> it's just like join the empire, bring peace and prosperity to the galaxy. Like I loved that. The they had little, like a real nice upbeat tone. Yeah, their little, the little recruiting video. You know, like I thought that was great. I loved it. Um, 
But yeah, and then of course, this is how we get introduced to Woody Harrelson and his crew of Val and Rio. And, uh, you know, what did you guys think of overall of this new crew that we were kind of introduced to? Do you want to start, Cole? <laughs> well, I said, well, half of them died immediately, yes. so I loved that. Um, I, I, I don't know. I thought I, it was a fun dynamic. I mean, you know, uh, it was sort of weird to have them introduce this character in, um, you know, th this character, uh, Woody Harrelson's character that's... Uh, Supposed to just, you know, that th you get this certain vibe from that he's like Han's like mentor kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And to have mm -hmm. this weird romance established with him and this woman, and we're not sure if they're married or what the deal is there, and then mm -hmm. she gets killed almost immediately. Like, for me, that actually made it take a little longer to get into that character, mm -hmm. which still is saying something because he was my favorite character. Oh, we got a, we got a kitten on screen. Yeah. Holy hell. Oh, he's um, talking. He's chill. He likes Star Wars. <laughs> which is good, you know. Um, but I don't know. I, I thought that part of it was a little odd. Um, I really liked the alien with the four arms. Yeah, Rio. Um, although he again, Rio's he got fucking fucked I, yeah, like yeah, immediately. Yeah, um, it's like it's like within you know we meet these characters. I will say that the train scene was very cool. It was. Um, I liked seeing like uh, it was a heist. You know, mm -hmm. I liked that. Like mm -hmm. you know seeing. Uh, seeing like a, a, them try to pull off this big heist and having you know the way that it failed was pretty spectacular and really set up the rest of the movie quite nicely. Yeah. Um, but you know we got a we got an interesting little bit of play with these new characters. We lost almost all of them and it, we ended up with just obviously, um, oh, what's his name? Woody Harrelson's character. Um, this is gonna drive me crazy. Tobias Beck. Tobias. Beckett. There yeah, Beckett. Um, Beckett's a fantastic character. Um, we end up with just him, Han, and Chewie almost immediately, which leads us into the you know meeting Kira again in the main arc of the film. I thought as a as a I guess as a precipitating first act, I thought it worked well enough. You know, it, it gave us an establishment of it. It certainly it put Han in the context of being a young, brash, upstart kid mm -hmm. in the context of a wider galaxy, and I think that was necessary because in some sense, like. When you look at the, the, the arc of 4, 5, and 6, 4 especially, you know, is the classic hero's journey. Luke being the hero, Han plays sort of the big brother character to Luke in a, in a lot of ways throughout the movie. And I think it's a good almost role for Han. Like Beckett character. Right, he almost, he, he plays the Beckett character in some sense. And I think to go back to Han as a, right. as a, as a kid... You know, in one sense, you know, a lot of people just wanted to see more Han Solo, which is fine. But to, to have it dis the movie distinguish itself as Han's youth, I think it's important to, to, to have a character like Beckett that can justify, like, Han didn't just figure all this shit out on his own. He's not Rey. He doesn't have the magical power of being a, a feminist icon where she immediately is good at everything. You know, it's, it's nice to see them justify Han's progression as a character in some sort of way. We get to see that there was a transformation before... He, he was somebody different before he became the Han we know when we meet him. Right. Yeah. Uh, Ken, your thoughts? Uh, love the Mud Planet, introduction of Chewbacca. Yeah, I, I was going to say we were going to we kind of kind of get into that. I think we kind of yeah, covered we were, that for the most part, though. Like, I think we're all right, satisfied with, with kind of him being thrown in the pit. Um, you know, mm -hmm. him having to speak Wookiee back to him and basically <laughs> set good. up this plan. I love the, I love the stormtroopers like, yeah, yeah, kill him slower. Like, <laughs> fucking got me every time. Um, but go ahead, Ken, you were saying. Yes, we love the mud planet, uh, the characters, introduction, uh, Beckett, Val, and, uh, Rio Durant. I really liked Rio Durant, John Favreau, mm -hmm. uh, who's going to be writing the, uh, the online stories that'll be on the new Disney 
Yeah, he's got uh, streaming service that they're supposed to yeah, do next year. Yeah, he's doing the, the live action do... show, correct? Right, yes. So he's going to be the one writing and, and directing that, which, uh, you know, I, I think that's going to be favorable. Um, you know, he's done big movies like favorable. Iron Man and stuff. Favorable. That's, the word. Like that, that's your word of the day, Rob. I like that. <laughs> so, but, um, no, I, I liked his character portrayal of Rio. Um, I, I thought his character was interesting. Didn't see him enough. But, uh, that's you know, you and then him. we jumped right into the heist, you know, with the train and stuff. And, and you know, um, I thought that was well done. I enjoyed the character of Infus Nest. We'll talk uh, a little bit more about her at the end. I'm going to I'm going to uh, go ahead. I will keep my opinions on Infus Nest until until the end. OK, well, that's well, worth well, doing. They, 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 they sort of show yeah, up and cause some really trouble, learn, but we really don't learn anything about that character until the end. So let's we'll, we'll hold off on that until sure. then. Sure, um, sure. So, but... Rob, what do you think? I Snow think planet, trains, chewy, mud. It was it was a dream come true for me. Damn, <laughs> he's rubbing one out over there slowly. He's like slow jerking <laughs> what, it there. What did you like uh, about it so much, man? Give us details. It, just, it felt it felt like it belonged. It all felt like it belonged. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some of some of episode eight was so forced. Oh yeah, absolutely. Some yeah, I didn't. Like, I felt like I felt like maybe there was a there were there were little bits and pieces of this movie that kind of had that quality to them. But on yeah. the whole, I didn't feel like any of it didn't belong. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, unlike the uh, the Canto bite sequence, which is it's to this day <laughs> notorious for being awful. Uh, I was uh I was also yeah. a big fan of the Mud Planet, like I kind of mentioned. Uh, I like the whole idea of like Han trying to blackmail uh, Beckett, and it completely backfires. I love the the scene of uh, Chewie, as I've mentioned. Uh, the train the train heist was fucking awesome all the way through. I thought, um, yeah. you know, even them just completely losing their uh, their load and uh, having to set up that whole plot into you Losing know with crimson sun their load Cri crimson crimson, crimson dawn, I, that's dawn. What I crimson right dawn um yeah did you lose your load uh i thought uh i the the death of the other two was pretty surprising yet pretty forgettable at this point mm. uh no offense right. but if it's my choice to release the cables or to uh you know blow myself to hell uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna release the cables. I'm sorry, guys. Well, this is uh, why you would fail the adventure. <laughs> uh, moving from that, we of course this is how we get introduced to reintroduced to Kira and then introduced to Dryden Voss. Yep. Who I thought was yeah. he was mobster guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know he was just like he was like you know mobster guy number one. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I felt. I mean, but that's, that's it. But that's what that's what bums me out about him. Mm-hmm. But from what I understand, he was completely recast. The guy who, uh, he was originally supposed to be a CGI character, but after all the research yeah. and stuff like that, he wasn't able to reprise his role for that CGI character, so they went ahead and recast him as this guy, who got, the guy who plays Vision in the, in the Avengers mm -hmm. movie. Um, but yeah, yeah well, like you said... Solid, solid work. Yeah, he's, he's, he was a decent mobster, for sure. Yeah. Um, but nothing, I think... I nothing think, to write home about. Tonight. Right. And then, of no, course, you know, they do their whole the scene of, like, setting up the job, and then we kind of can flash forward all the way up to the meeting of Lando Calrissian. Yeah, yeah, that all, well, that all, that all kind of works as part of a big sequence anyway. We're just right. establishing the big arc, which is the Kessel heist, mm -hmm. you know. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I was going to say the Sabacc game, the first Sabacc game. Um, I want to know how Han was so good at it right I wanted away. to see more Sabacc. 
Because he didn't cheat. He wasn't cheating. So, mm-hmm. like, how was he amazing at it right away? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I thought... That, that part I was a little I weird I thought the, the spot game was cool, especially after you see it a few times. I've seen it three times now. Um, you really start to, like, listen to, like, the little things Lando's saying in the background. Dude, he's just laying moves down on everyone. Which, like, he's okay. Just and can, suave as fuck the whole way through. Can that get us now, I think, to, you know, kind of tying back to our original character discussion and perhaps my desire to get into something a little bit more I can't wait. I know it's coming. I just know it's coming and I can't wait. So, um I think uh you know that I I was I was it's hard to it's hard to to talk about. So with episode 8, a big part of the problem <laughs> with episode 8 of course is all of the SJW nonsense. Oh yeah, here we go. I can't and wait. And in Solo, we had a movie that largely was free of SJW nonsense with the large, large, large exception except for one of exception. L3 and Lando, okay? Dis- and, and, it, and it was particularly egregious because Le- they, Disney comes out and, you know, about, I think about a week or two before the premiere and, like, literally comes out and it's just like, yeah, we decided to make Lando Calrissian pansexual. And it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Nobody ever Why? would have thought that if they didn't say it. Right. The end. It's like we get he's he's a he's a he's a scoundrel and he's a smooth guy and like why can't he just be a scoundrel? Like why does he have to be expressly pansexual? And the reason is is because you know we have pictures online of Kathleen Kennedy and her girls wearing shirts that say the force is female because everything has to be politicized to the left now. Yeah. To where it's like you know we cannot make a movie that doesn't have far left politics anymore. And so, like, even in a movie like this, even in a movie that is just, it's Han Solo, it's fun, it's action, it's heists, it's adventure, we still have to get a little bit of this SJW garbage in there. Mm-hmm. And so, we got we got a taste of it with with Han being, um, being you know, pansexual or whatever, like, okay, fine, he, so, pan, for those that Lando. don't know, Not uh, bisexual Lando. meaning he is into, yeah, Lando. Bisexual meaning you're into men and women. Pan is everything. So this implies that Hondo fucks droids. It implies that Lando fucks aliens. Which, like, oh, come on. He fucks, yeah, the scotch tape dispenser. It's just... Yeah! It's just just egregious. It's unnecessary. And then L3... We, to go from one Star Wars story with K2 being the best droid they've Mm -hmm. ever done, better than R2, absolutely, to the next Star Wars story with, by far the worst droid character we've ever seen l3 is Can atrocious I and i hate her this is i i was could not wait because like i was watching this film and no joke when l3 dies which we'll get to i was happy and then i come home and i'm like you know like checking out like other people's reviews because now i've seen it myself and i have a bit of an opinion for myself but then of course i go to jim hall uh you know <laughs> heathen james and no joke he yes. goes I physically applauded in the theater when L3 died, and I was like, I knew it! I fucking knew he would! I love so, that. I, I Jim, absolutely... Jim, I, had, you know, I adored Jim, that moment. Jim has responded to a lot of my stuff on, on uh, the Cocky Cantina, and uh, he, I don't know if he, you know... No offense, Jim. I know you're probably watching, but uh, sometimes I don't think he's a Star Wars fan, just with some of the shit that he comes hey, up man, with. Hey, no, man, he's, he's... I don't know if I'm a Star Wars fan anymore, either! <laughs> I don't know if I'm a Star Wars so, fan anymore like either, Jim. man, because Disney... I, I, I like Jim. I like his, his, you know, thoughts on everything, so... Disney is on um, a freaking warpath. No, need L3, to... I didn't care for L3 either. I'll, I'll, I'll go that route, Thank you know. You. I didn't you know, know there's a Hanna-Barbera crossover in Star Wars until I met L3. <laughs> 
And I just think, for, so for one, we definitely need to get Jim on soon for another episode oh, to talk yeah. about this in a oh, little more yes. detail. Sure. Because, because there's a trend now. We now have a very, very marked trend of SJW nonsense in these movies. Um, and L3 being just the worst, you know, like that that whole like bit where it's like, Lando's like, L3, do you need anything? And she's like, equal rights. And oh, like, dude. And even he rolls his <laughs> yeah, eyes. That, dude, like, right. my eyes could pop out of my head and roll, they'd be in fucking Texas now. Like, right. It's just, it's just so bad. How did that ever get created? How did you think of that? It's, oh, dude. It's, <sighs> well, okay. It's so here's so my thing. Bad. I can get past the idea of like her having these delusional thoughts that, that Lando has a thing for her. And like right. I could kind of get past that to to accept that yeah Lando loves everyone who cares and then we got uh, and know? then we got girl talk but, but with the, uh, Daenerys oh. and the droid. Yeah, Lando does it. <laughs> but like, my thing is, man, you said Lando loves everyone. Sure, he does it so long as it benefits him. Right. That's I how. Agree. That, that's yeah, Land, that's what Lando's character he has to. Right. If he's getting money out of fucking a gong droid, he's probably gonna fuck a gong. <laughs> But like, who hasn't? No joke, droid. dude. Like, like uh, you said, me, I fucked like ten. The line of like. Oh, equal rights and that kind of shit. Like, oh, God. Like, I'm not even that far on the right like he is. Like, I'm pretty much in the middle. But even I said, that's a little that's too, too on the nose. That was, that's, that's yeah. too much. This, uh, this sort of. Unnecessary. To I me, thought, that. I, I, I thought. Go ahead, Ken. I thought that was unnecessary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was, it was unnecessary. So. Completely. And, and I don't disagree with you guys. We'll make this, we'll make this, we'll probably go further into this topic another day, but I just want to say real quick, most annoying characters on, in, in Star Wars ever, right? <laughs> Number three, and this is my top, my top, top uh, three list, right? With, number, with one being the most annoying of ever. Correct. Time. Okay. Number one, or I'm sorry, number, number three, Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> number two. L3, because you still can't beat fucking Rose saying shit like, okay, so <laughs> like, oh, the best way, you know, so if we're going to do, we're just, not, we're not going to beat him that way, dummy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, you, no. you still can't beat that. No, I do, I do love it. It's like, it's like, it's like, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't defeat our enemies by killing the ones we hate. We do it by saving the ones we love. And it's like, we're at war. <laughs> okay. We're at war, war. And at war, you kill people. <laughs> Like what? What? And then no, I agree with you. So so I if I had to give my stack ranking for the three worst Star Wars characters of all time, I don't know if it would be precisely that order. I mean, maybe like the three most. Okay, I might differentiate between the three most annoying and They're the definitely three, the three just most worst. annoying characters. And the, just the three worst, like because I don't think Rose was particularly annoying, but she was the worst. You know, <laughs> L three. L3 would probably be my second worst, but by far the most annoying. She definitely beats Jar Jar for me. Jar Jar comes in at, like, number two on most annoying, maybe four or five on worst. Like, there are worse characters than Jar Jar. But, like, he's right. he's annoying, but he's but he's not... Like, right. he's not completely out of place. Whereas, like, L3, it's just, like, it's, it's so shooed in. Mm -hmm. In the same way that Rose was. It's like, Rose was put in the movie because we have to have an Asian person. Yep. And the droid is in the movie because we have to... I, I called this, literally. Like, mm -hmm. three, like back in 2015, when we, or 14, when we found out that Disney had acquired Lucasfilm. Mm -hmm. I turned to you and I said, we will eventually see a movie where there's a droid interested in equal rights. I said that to mm -hmm. you. Do you remember? And, it, yeah. and, and the prophecy has been fulfilled. <laughs> Good thing it died. Um, so, yeah. L3. Uh, God, let's, let's just move on. Right. We can die. do this all fucking Putrid. Night. Absolutely. Okay, so, so, Castle. Yeah, so, of course, from there, we have the... We have the, the good part. Right. We, we have the Sabacc game, and I think we can all agree the Sabacc game was great. 
Right. Yeah. It was good. I wanted to see more Sabak. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see more Sabak. Hey man, you but... got the encore at the end though. Real, real quick, uh, we'll what? get to the encore. I, I wanted to see, I wanted to see more than than what was shown. Right. I could have sat wanted... there and watched a two-hour movie about them playing oh, Sabak. Just go to the US amazing. Poker World Tournament and throw down your Sabak cards. They'll play. Yeah. No, okay. no, yeah, no. See, that, that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see something set up, style, style-wise, like that, where you you get to see on all the characters and yeah. and, and them playing progressing. It, it was too quick for me. To be, and, and, and speaking of gamism, I, I do want to talk about how how I did appreciate that that um, Beckett was the one who taught Chewie how to play Gundark oh, chess. Yeah, yeah. I liked that. Yeah, that was a nice little, yeah, nice I thought that was neat. All right, so yes, Kessel. Where do you want to pick up from Kessel? Okay, so I I will go ahead and say that I thought you know, and and it being the the build up to the climax of the movie on the what's the planet uh, the Severine I think was the planet where they refined the Quaxium after they stole it. Correct. But, like, the whole yeah. bit with from we're leaving to go to the Kessel Run to getting in to the Maelstrom to doing the heist on the planet to leaving to seeing the frickin' Star Destroyer in the tunnel right. and then the actual Kessel Run with, mm-hmm. like, the whatever that Cthulhu monster was. That right. was neat. And uh, and then the Maelstrom and all this. Like, that whole sequence, the big, I guess you could say the build-up to the climax of the movie, like, I thought was definitely the strongest part of the movie by far. And what and really did justice to this castle run thing, you know? It's this thing that we heard. It was like, what, you know, what what's the first thing we find out about the Millennium Falcon other than that it's fast? Is that it's the ship that did the castle run in less than twelve parsecs? And so we've always heard about this castle thing. Right. And then Kessel's been developed yeah. in the extended universe, the EU, to where like we know of Kessel, we spice know that mines. it's this planet right. where there's spice mines and it's this really remote, bad, scary place. And to like have it be as good as it like they, they really did it justice, I thought. Mm-hmm. And and put together a pretty right damn good scene to boot. And John John and Lawrence Cassidy too went on record recently saying that they were worried about they were worried about actually doing the Kessel run. Um, yeah. <laughs> because there was so much pressure on making it right. And I think mm-hmm. they did a really good job with it. I agree. I do. Dave, so, yeah. what do you think? Castle Run. Um, you know, like like we are, we talked about them jumping in. Uh, I was cool with it, you know, especially like them, like kind of like making their way into it. What's, what's the race that was like the real robot guy? We've seen him before. Um, I can't even remember. But the, the guys down on Castle kind of like running everything. Um, you know, the whole breakout scene and, uh, you know, them like actually getting the things. And then we see like, you know, Chewie rip off a guy's arms and that then, of co- yeah. And then of course that's when we see him on the top of his head and murder him. And yeah, that right. was awesome. Um, you know, that's all pretty forgettable for the most part. Yeah. It was a big action brawl. It was a know? big action brawl. Exactly. It, it got us to them back into the Falcon. L3 is dead now. Um, and honestly, I felt like the Star Destroyer in the, in there, in the middle of the Maelstrom or whatever. That was interesting. It was interesting, but I felt it was kind of unnecessary. It was just like another reason to throw yeah. TIE Fighters at us. Yeah, but I, right. I just, what was I, the purpose? It was, oh, come on. It was visually cool enough to forgive I mean, the weirdness. If anything, it, it gives us a reason as to why they couldn't just take that normal route. It had, it gave us a reason for them to have to basically find this new pathway and fly and through the maelstrom or whatever it exactly was. um the mall as cool as it was and i i really like the big space creature that we're talking about i i i thought that was going to be a cool scene from when we seen it in the trailer yeah um but you know the the whole 
as cool as it was, I felt like the black hole uh, maw thing was kind of unnecessary really? in a way. Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously, obviously I, it was unnecessary. I mean, but at the same it was, time, it, was, it does put it did put a lot of it did put a lot of tension into the whole thing of like them getting pulled into it. It was cool. Hey, we have to put a drop of this. Thing. Okay, okay, that actually is the worst part of it. Is that I hate the fact that he just like spit gasoline into the carburetor. <laughs> <laughs> He's he literally just siphoned out some gas and it's just <laughs> and then. <laughs> You know, uh, I thought Rob, that was silly. Rob, did you but... get a did you get a Fast and the Furious uh, kind of vibe whenever we actually see it like get injected into and like and then we see like the engines <laughs> kicking like up, nice, right? And like then it nice shuts off, shot. and they get like so close to the black hole that they definitely died. Yo, but then they, they make they it out definitely, somehow. They definitely <laughs> died for sure. Yeah. And not to mention like. Okay, we see we see the ship. For those of you listening to the MP3, like I'm trying to make like a visual cue, right? They had to stay completely straight in the, to be able to line up the straight shot, and then they stall out, and the the ship starts going like this. It starts tilting and going completely off hinder, but and then and then Lando does the oh shit right that was funny and then they shoot again and now they're straight like how the fuck does that work it was unclear but it was it was still if you ask me it was still a very very cool sequence Mm -hmm. i liked seeing that we haven't seen that kind of wild space really you know i mean it 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 put me very much in mind of the uh the sequence in episode five like after hoth where you know luke's gone to dagobah and then we have like about a third of the movie, just everybody else on the Falcon trying to in escape from Vader, field. you know, in the in the right. asteroid, in the asteroid field. field. It gave me a similar feeling to that, except it was like that with the kind of technology that we have, the CG that we have now, and I thought it was great. I mean, I loved I loved Space Cthulhu. I thought that monster was neat. I thought it was cool too. Um, but like you, you know, said, it was, it was a little on the nose for Cthulhu. Like they, it was like it was tentacles and eyes, man. It was like that was Bloodborne in a nutshell. It was a it was a cool scene. Uh, you know, ultimately, I was I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. That's what I want from a Star Wars film. Um, but like you said, they totally got sucked into that black hole. I didn't know how they did not survive. Hey, something wrong with this. Ken, screen. Rob, uh, what did you guys right? think of the Kessel Run? It was awesome. Oh, I loved it. Like, it, yeah, like like I said, I thought it it, it worked. It was, that's where you know, it was something that they hinted at that we were gonna see that fans wanted to see. And I think, like I said, John and Lawrence Cassidan, uh, the writers, delivered. Mm. Rob, I like it. It was fun. It's like you said. That's what I expect to see out of a Star Wars. Movie. Yeah, just it was fun. It was the with, action-packed fun parts. With every Star Wars movie, seat. I think we expect a certain amount of space fun, mm-hmm. and yeah. we got it for sure. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. which ultimately, of course, leads into oh, <laughs> the, the Kessel Run felt really Star Trekky. Uh, the initial scene with the Imperials was fine, but then they used the MacGuffin fuel to escape the gravity well. Literally, a scene stolen <laughs> from the 2009 Trek reboot. Hey, that's fine. You know, I mean, it was all uh, it was all practice for JJ anyway. Also, also, uh, 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 Seabridge over there on on Twitch as well. Uh, also laid in with uh, Rob's mic is really low. Yeah, um, he said turn that, it up, bitch. He said he didn't mind being uh, Lando being a pansexual. It kind of fits. Quoting Donald Glover, it's space. How do you not fuck everything? Well, I mean, I saw the giant thing with teeth and eyes and tentacles and thought, you know, <laughs> that's something you don't fuck. That, that, no. just like just like uh, Rio says. <laughs> Did he have sharp teeth? Oh God, no. <laughs> Don't make me think about that. But then that gets us to Severine and then the end of the movie when we get to the desert world. This is where we can talk about uh, Enfit's Nest or whatever its name was. Um, We can talk about how things ultimately end up going with um, 
uh, with Beckett and with uh, Dryden and Kira and how it all kind of spins together. It's a very... I mean, they bring a lot of shit together very quickly, oh, in the yeah. ending, which I appreciated, right? It, yeah. it wasn't like they, they didn't just let a bunch of shit go and kind of have it all peter out. Like, they did actually bring all the pieces of the movie together. And then I thought, in a way that was somewhat satisfying, although I do have one big gripe about it, and uh, and then ultimately they, they, you know, then they get to the ending where we see him win the Falcon from Lando, and we kind of go off, and it's Han Solo Adventures. Right. So... Talking about the ending, let's the, uh, the elephant in the room being Darth Maul. Sure. Let's 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 table Darth Maul for a second, sure. and then let's talk about all the other stuff about the ending. I, I agree. I'll go ahead and begin. I will start to say by saying uh, Elephant's Nest was awesome up Loved until them. the point we discover that they are literally the first cell of the rebellion, and the bad guys turn out to be the good. And that I loved be, that. You love that? I thought okay. it was such a great turn. It was it was fine. But my biggest my biggest beef with it was the fact that we learn that Han Solo is helping out the rebellion before you know before, before a new hope before it's even the rebellion right <laughs> but like here's my biggest beef with it is he's literally said like this is thirty million dollar thirty million credits sixty million I think. sixty million it was some stupid and number. all they gave him was that one vial that he used for ten thousand credits for the his sabat game at the end which which actually is bullshit because they say it's ten thousand credits and then the exact same size vial of it at the very beginning is worth seven hundred yeah exactly anyway but either way is the hey, fact continuity I, guys but like you're literally I'm gonna literally hand you sixty million and all I get is ten thousand go fuck yourself Han Solo would have never fucking done that Fair. Where where I'll, where do you want to start? I'll give you that ending. I like I like Infos Nest. I thought it, I thought it worked well. I liked the idea that they were actually a rebel cell and that they had been posing as marauders to I guess escape imperial notice or whatever mm -hmm. the deal might be. I liked the turn. I think I think it was good with Han. I like Han has always had a heart of gold. Even mm -hmm. when he was a scoundrel and a smuggler, he still had a heart of gold. He was always that good guy. So people pretending like it's weird that Han is the good guy. You know that bit from Kira where she's like, "You're the good guy." You know. Yeah, he is. He's always been the good guy, and that's fine. That's yeah. that's not a big issue. I thought that I think there's more to talk about when it comes to how things turn out with Dryden and Kira and Beckett. Sure. Um, I, I'd be interested to hear what you guys think. All right, why don't you guys go ahead and start? I mean, wh wherever you want to start. If you guys want to start with Infus Nest, or if you guys want to go ahead and lead straight into uh, the other the other uh, stories we need to talk about. What are the other stories? Well, what, 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 what happens with Dryden and Beckett and Kira? Did you see the movie? Uh, yeah, but I, the way you said that, was like, you want to start with these ones, or you want to talk about the stuff? All right, let's start with Infus Nest. Do you guys have any thoughts on Infus Nest? Rob, your mic is pretty low. I don't know how to fix it. It's just a headset. All right, well, bitch. All the more reason you need to be here at the studio. Throw that ass in a circle, boy. I can probably switch my headphones, maybe. That's all right. Just what do you? What that's were your a, thoughts? That's a little we're, bit better. We're already this mic... far into the fucking podcast. <laughs> Put the mic near your mouth a little bit more. Oh, I'm just touching my lips now, bro. Yeah, excellent. There you go. All right. There we go. Yeah, just choke on it. Choke that's on it. I have a coffee. terrible gag reflex. Just choke on it, you know. <laughs> all right. All right. Oh dear. Oh. Ken, what do you think? Ken, what are your thoughts? I agree with Cole. I liked Infus Nest. I liked the fact that the. Uh, the Cloud City Riders or whatever the hell they're called, the group of marauders are kind of like the first rebel cell. Um, 
They did, so they did look very Hansel Horizon Low. Zero Dawn, didn't they? Oh, yeah. For they sure. looked so Horizon so Zero Dawn. That or even, like, uh, Destiny. I got a lot yeah. of Destiny vibes from them. Destiny vibe, yeah. Definitely feel of Destiny vibe with the uh, with Infus Ness as, as a character itself. Um, no, I just... It sounded any better. I, I felt the character was... I, I, I like the character, so Kevin didn't, didn't care so much. What did you think about how things turned out with... You know, with with Crimson Dawn, Dryden, Kira, and then ultimately what happens with Beckett. I want to know more about Crimson Dawn, actually. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing some sort of offshoot story about that. Because as far as Darth Maul goes, and we'll get to this momentarily, too. Like, there's oh, like a, a, a big... Not you, that's not how you bring that up. Rob, you're way worse now, buddy. Way worse, man. Rob, yeah. you're way worse. What are you doing? <laughs> you're way worse. Go ahead. Go ahead, Cam. What were you saying? I just, just I want to know more about Crimson Dawn, and we'll talk about that momentarily yeah. when we talk about Darth Maul. All right, um, yeah, I like Memphis Nest as a character. Um, what about what about like Han's big I, ploy of of actually of making him you know telling suspecting that Beckett is is bad, and then telling him that he's gonna you know bring fake coaxium, and then bringing the real coaxium and hiding his gun, and you know all the brawl that happens, and Kira kills you know all of that. Thing. I thought that whole ploy. I thought that was one of the best. That that it, was maybe the best part of the movie. It was. It again, was very it good. Very, Go ahead, Ken. Yeah. Again, it felt very. It, it felt very heistish. It felt very. You know, undergroundish. Um, it was kind of a heist movie. I, 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 mean, I kind of three big. I kind of felt. Yeah, I kind of felt like it was Indiana Jones meets Star heist, Wars. <laughs> Rob, much better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Yes, good. Rob, much better. Thank you. Hey, I get it a lot. Every every time I get a little bit better. There we go. So what did you think, Rob? How about the ending? A little bit. What what part of the ending? (laughs) Whatever you want to talk about. Dryden. All except for Kira. I mean, the whole thing was awesome. There were a lot of twists, a lot of turns. It wasn't as as on the nose as like M. Night Shyamalan twists. (laughs) What a twist. Um, What a twist. Okay. But, um, well, I, I did. I, I really did. I thought it was one of the. I thought it was one of the better, one of the better movies in general. Sure. And I mean, mm-hmm. everything about it from the beginning. Dave, what do you think the about ending, the ending? But the ending kept me there. Yeah. Um. I. It was hard for me to follow the first time I saw it. Right. Really? It was, yeah. It was. I mean, like I was. I got everything that was going down, but I had to like go. Oh, wait. Wait. What? Is, wait. Time. What? It was very. It was tough for me to follow the first time I saw it. The second time I saw it, I knew what was to come, so I was looking to see how everything added up together. I feel like. Ultimately, like, the whole idea, I mean, granted, you, I was like, why, okay, now, if, if, if the Coaxium is in, in the room with them, why did they need to do that whole ordeal with Infus Nest in the first place? And then I realized, oh, wait, this is their ploy to get all of the guards out there. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that until the second I, time I've seen I, it. But that, I think that's such until an important Solo, detail. It is. Solo it's a very, it's a very important it. detail. Um, and yes, until Solo said something about it. There, there, you didn't have that foresight into it. Right. And mm-hmm. I also thought that Han was screwing over Infus Nest whenever all the coaxium was in there. Like, it was pretty tough for me to follow at the first time I saw it. But then ultimately... Well, like, I think, I think that sort of worked for it, though. And if you think of this movie as a heist movie where we basically had three distinct heists, right? We had the train heist first where they miserably fail. And then they have the Kessel Run heist where they pull it out by the skin of their teeth. And then I like that you get this arc where you go from failure to just barely made it. And then the final bit with Han, like Han's plan basically works perfectly. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a little couple of hiccups, but like ultimately he ends up 
it ends up working out for him. And like I thought the final arc of the movie was he was at his most Han Solo mm -hmm. in, in some sense. Bridge, I'll get to your yeah. comments here in a minute. And then I guess that just leaves us to I, I will say one thing one note I will make is I think um you know the the fight scene with Dryden, I thought that worked, that was yeah, fine. That was he fine. dies, you know, it's all good. He's kind of a throwaway character. Mm -hmm. He's good, whatever. Has the cool little hand daggers. Right. Um the the ending with Kira I thought worked. I thought it was very predictable. Like mm -hmm. I saw that coming a mile away. I think as soon as I saw that she was gonna go to kill him, like I was like, she's not killing him for Han. She's killing him for his job. Right. Right. You, I immediately got that vibe, and then it it immediately paid off, and it was like, okay, I think maybe we might see some continue. I would hope we'd see some continuation of this to find out what it mm -hmm. is. I could even see maybe a Star Wars story that just focuses on like these sort of broader wars you know i've heard some people suggest we might get a sequel to solo with right. alden again playing han which i don't know if i'd want that but do you, do you want to hear my thoughts on this i'm the only person i've talked about this but i think it makes the most sense okay go ahead now it gets a little more difficult because of the lower box office sales of solo so far but stick with me what if disney goes the route of marvel Right, so we have a solo film. Well, that's Next. inevitable. I right. was just talking to someone else. <laughs> Next, about this. Keep going. we have a, let's say, a Boba Fett film or an Obi Wan film, and then we have all of these stories that take place at essentially the same time. But then we come together for one big film, the Avengers of Star Wars film. Let's right, call that, it. But that would be the job of the Hut. But that would be episode four. But no, 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 no. But all of these movies come and tie together as big one big film. So like Maybe. now this big boba or this big. I think if they were uh, gonna do something like that, I think if they were gonna do like that kind of Marvel format, the safest way to do it would be release episode nine, finish off that arc, and then get to. You know, if we want to do, you know, Ryan Johnson's trilogy, do that, and then maybe have another thing we start where we start making all these new character movies. Well, my, maybe my biggest thing ah. is like when you look at, you know, Episode Seven, right? Episode Seven did so crazy in the box office because Star Wars was new again, right? And mm -hmm. you know, I just feel like if we kind of get into the pattern of, you know, these films where anyone can jump on at any point, and this would be a standalone film by itself, but. If you see the others and then you kind of get to go see like this big film, you know, whether it be like the episode nine style of like, you know, Rob, you said you were talking about someone. What was your thoughts about that? I was saying that I, I just see it happening, man. I mean, I think you got your solo movie with the ending we had on that one. You got to know there's going to be another one with that. Or they wouldn't have done anything that they did in the end. Mm -hmm. So, so you got to see a Kenobi movie. You're going to see a Boba Fett movie. You're going to see them all together. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be tits, and it's called episode four. <laughs> Actually, thank you. Right. wasn't in episode four. What? All right, and then one final note. Well, I don't think we even talked about Maul. Well, before we get to that, one final note. Let's talk about Beckett's how things go with Beckett. Okay, what yeah, did you sure. Think of that. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad Han shot first. Like, yeah, straight yeah. off yeah. the bat. Like, yeah. you know, that he learned his. He learned his lesson exactly. Mm -hmm. It was like you know, don't trust anyone. You know, that whole lesson that went down um you know i i would it was very unpredictable for me i was not expecting it but once it happened no. i was like ah, ah, <laughs> eh? shoot first yeah. okay darth maul and then it's closing thoughts sure i, I hated I, well, it I think, so much i i think we need to talk about the last uh sabacc game as well oh though. okay but he wins the falcon okay I mean, we know what happens yes <laughs> Okay, all, all right, let me just... Let me just what what, what let me else just happens talk. there? <laughs> I'm forgetting the fact... Okay, here's my whole thing, right? 
Rob, if I said to you, I bet you my Kia Soul on your Kia Soul, and then I lose that bet, and then I say, well, my Kia Soul is in the shop, <laughs> right? And then we play another card game later, and I win your Kia Soul, and you actually give me the keys. Why don't you go, no, 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 wait a second. You owe me a soul, so we're even. Yeah, no. Right? He, 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 he literally totally owed him a ship. Han just he fucked did. him over so so hard, man. Like, how? how? He had a Wookiee. Han fucked him so proud of everything. When you have, when you have a freaking Chewbacca threatening to rip your damn arms off. That kind of threw me off. I was like, that, well, yeah, uh, whatever. I don't know about that. All right, so the, I thought, you know, the ending was fine. They played Sabacc, you won a ship, whatever. It's whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Um... Mall, absolutely horrible. I thought that was so stupid. I don't. I, I was. I. I was not at all prepared to see it. And as soon as I, here's the thing. Normally, when a twist, that twist caught me completely by surprise. Okay. And when I saw it, I looked. I, I looked, and I was like, "Really? Like, are you doing that in the solo movie?" Yes. And then, I, and then I just kind of like rolled my eyes and sat back, and I was complete. I was completely out of it for the rest of the okay, movie. Okay, now I could not enjoy the rest of the movie. Now you are not a. You've not watched the Clone oh, Wars like I, me and Ken have. But I know, I know that he's in them, and I don't think. First of all, I don't think that they should be canon. I think that canon should be limited only to the live action films. I will disagree with you, but go ahead. And no, I no, think no, it's no. so fucking stupid. Like, Would why you, bring Maul back? He got cut in half by Kenobi. It's. They you gotta watch the Clone Wars! They brought him back for fan service, man. Ken! Before I what? even weigh in on this, Darth Maul go. Darth Maul go? Surprise. I, I didn't expect I didn't expect Darth Maul at all. Um now granted in the credits they just called him Maul because that's what he started going by. Right. In the in the Clone Wars, okay, and then can we also talk about in the credits who he's acted and voiced by? Because that was fucking. Well, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because Ray Park reprises his role um, as Maul, and uh, Sam Whitmer yep. uh, does the voice again, which yes. is the person that gave him layers of depth and personality in the Clone Wars in Rebels. Yes. When did they um, put in Jason David Frank in a Star Wars movie? I, I, what? That's that's random. We'll, we'll table but, that yeah, for another topic. Random. Shut up, Rob. <laughs> no, Rob, you're getting us off track. Shut up. <laughs> no, I just um. I wonder why they're gonna add the... chicken tenders to the other menus. I don't, you know. Yeah, they really should. Yeah. Chicken tenders chicken in a Star Wars movie. When the fuck is KFC gonna start serving hamburgers? Shut up, Rob. <laughs> oh, no, <that> we can't. <laughs> no, no, wouldn't, because you just go to anywhere oh, that serves geez. hamburgers. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I can guarantee they're gonna do like a country fried steak burger. Like, how chance would that be? No. Just, oh God. We're then completely off Maul, go. <laughs> no, Maul. Just I was surprised by Maul. I, I, it was not spoiled for me before going into uh, the first Same. viewing. Um. So it, I mean, I was surprised by it, mm. and and this is where this is where like I want to know more about Crimson Dawn. What is this? Because in Clone Wars. You know, in Clone Wars, when we were finishing his villain arc up, you know, he had been leader of the Mandalorians. Right. And then the last time we saw him really in, in Clone Wars uh, was him and Savage Opress's big showdown with Palpatine. And Palpatine killing Opress and torturing, literally, like, like torturing Maul. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like the last thing that we saw of him. So how all of a sudden... Just a few years later, you know, 10 to 13 years before um, 
a new hope is he like the head of crimson dawn you know this notorious criminal organization you know you know how does he get to that point it's, right. it's kind of because then when we find you know when we find him again later in rebels he's on dathomir and yeah death yeah dathomir i'm sorry uh he's on dathomir and he's kind of older a little more broken down uh you know ezra finds him and 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 all of a sudden he's back and his ultimate goal is hunting down kenobi you know so like how does he go from being tortured by palpatine to being the leader of this organization to just straight out seeking kenobi in for revenge mm -hmm. i'll know, tell I, you I, how I more i want to know more of what falls i'll tell you, you know, how he died at the end of episode one None of those cartoon series should be canon, and he shouldn't have been in this movie. Alright, no. I will I will go on the record and say I agree, I don't think he should have been in this film. Thank you. However, it was a nice surprise, but I feel that it yes, it was fan service. For the people who've never seen the Clone Wars, it's only gonna make things right. more confusing. It's not right. A... I had a lot of people, a lot of people that I know of that that our big fans of Star Wars reached out with the hows. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. my, I mean, my thought process is you, you got to expand your Star Wars lore beyond just the movies. Mm. And for the people that don't do that, it's, it's going to be problematic. It's going to be confusing. Well, and this is, um, but this is the principal issue though. And, and when you talk about, you know, stuff like how stuff, the way that stuff like this can be very alienating is like, the vast majority of the people that make up the Star Wars fandom, I would assume, have not seen the Clone Wars and, and Rebels. The vast, you know, if you look at all the people that bought a ticket to Solo, I'm guessing the number, the people that knew the deal with Darth Maul is a very small minority. I did not. I mean, I, I, I had the vague knowledge from what I've heard from you and what I've seen around. And, like, I know that he survives and he gets the prosthetic bottom half and bull, all this bullshit, like... It, it, it was un unnecessary and stupid. It's but not then, stupid. But then, it's a great story. Right, and then in Rebels, he goes and does his other shit. It's like, Darth Maul was, first of all, he was never that interesting of a character to begin with. He was cool. He did a lot of kung fu moves and, like, danced around with his double saber and all. But he was he was just a, he was just a Sith apprentice that had some rad moves. Like, he was never... He was never a complex, interesting character. He never was supposed to have a backstory. And, like, I... I, I you know, it it completely took me out of the end of the movie. Completely broke See, the immersion. Here's, here's my thing, Cole. Cole, you're giving Rob some shit about not seeing Game of Thrones and stuff. We're gonna give you some shit for not seeing Clone Wars. I agree. Watch it. Yeah. Appreciate appreciate how good of a story Dave Filoni can actually produce. And appreciate and, that his good stories in Clone I mean, Wars. I've seen the original Clone Wars cartoon. You know, the really good animated one. And, but that's the thing: you is you say that's really good, but you haven't seen the other ones. Right, but but the other one is extremely good. And it's fucking. But it's and crazy. And it's George though, Lucas it's like, it's like written. Runtime. Yeah, it's but, written by George. Yeah, but, yeah, but George Lucas wrote one no, and two, no, and those no, were no, garbage. No, Clone no, Wars is written by Dave Filoni. Well, Let's not, not get that correct. Dave Filoni is like, he he's like up here as far as like you know. If yes, I were to trust but, anybody else with this franchise with the George right now, Lucas approval, let's put it that way. But with the George Lucas approval, now that's what Filoni was before the the Disney acquisition. So Filoni was the guy because Clone Wars started before Disney acquired them. Mm -hmm. So and Dave Filoni was the guy that was writing all the stories and shit for that. 
first i mean personally that's that that's you know if if there would have been a guy to take it over that should have been the guy right and there's and we'll we'll cover that i think next week's topic and everything i think we'll cover that more on next week's topic about this whole rumor of kathleen kennedy maybe getting fired from her job that would be really good um just get rid of her bring in anybody besides a raging feminist psychopath really to run things i i kind of want to see what unfolds maybe retcon out episode eight and refilm the entire damn thing never gonna happen i would love it that won't happen that won't happen at this point completely retcon let's see what happens this next week and you know uh we'll i think we'll we're not gonna retcon a movie that made almost 1.1 billion dollars you're not gonna retcon a movie that made him that much money it's not gonna happen gotta do it man gotta suck it up and do it all right so uh any last thoughts about maul uh you know again i agree agree. he's not movie he's not you know i i don't think i think he was unnecessary i think but whatever he's in the film no big deal i i think everyone's freaking out way more than it they should yeah i mean i mean to me it wasn't the defining thing about the movie right the worst thing no, about the movie was L three. Yes, but it was, a uh, but it was the second worst thing about the movie was Maul. Mm-hmm. I still thought no, it was not a solid the worst movie. Thing, not at all. All right, so let's go ahead and well, we got about uh, about fifteen minutes left. Let's go ahead and just give our closing thoughts. Uh, I want to hear your point scale review one last time. Um, who wants to start? Cool. Uh, so I like I said, I ultimately would I gave it a six, and then I thought to myself, if it had not been Han, like if it had just been some new character and they had just made like a one-off crime movie i probably would have liked it better probably would have been seven or eight but even even with that being said still like a solid six from a movie where i expected a two mm-hmm. <laughs> ken ken uh seven again 7.5 7. 5 out of 10 uh is where it kind of falls on my uh my scale um i expected it to be a good movie it was a good movie so I was the one that had the high hopes for it. Could it have been a little better? Maybe. But, um, you know, uh, Last Jedi could have been a little bit better. Last Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about a little bit. (laughs) What do you think, Rob? Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, to each their own. So, yeah, I I thought Solo was going to be good. I thought Solo was going to be good. It was good. Um, I was pleased with it from beginning to end. Um, it's a damn shame that it's not doing so hot in the box office because, to me, it 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 feels more like Star Wars than probably the the previous three Disney entries. Not Rogue One. Yeah, no Rogue no, One. See, is I feel same. I feel that it I feel that it feels more Star Wars than Rogue what? One. What? Absolutely. No. Absolutely. Oh, so, cause now Rogue we can one, throw down because no, Rogue, Rogue One is the best ca- Star Wars. Rogue One. None of those fucking characters mattered. Where all of those characters mattered. Without them, the Death Star would never have yeah, been stopped. It, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like Star Wars. There was You're nothing about mind. it aside from Darth Vader fucking wrecking people. He's a madman. Aside from Darth Vader wrecking people at the end, it didn't feel like Star Wars. There was no no characters in there that continued. Rogue One was the Star Warsiest movie ever. It was the only one that was about war. Leia was just a fan service at the end of that fucking movie. Yeah, but that was but that was dumb anyway. That's not even the point. And it was CG. It wasn't good. Okay, so wait, it wasn't so even wait. good CG. So we got Dude, six. We got seven point five. Uh, Rob, Rob, where do you fall? Rob, where do you no. fall? <laughs> That's a big sigh. <laughs> Fuck you, Rob. Fuck you, Rob. We don't want to know. <laughs> Rob's That's just Rob being dramatic. 
I feel like I could stick at a 7.2. 7 point, really, Rob? Just 7 point? All right, fuck it. Fuck you. Just call it a 7.2. I'm going to call it a 7.2. Fuck Don't you, Rob. Lie. Your opinion doesn't count right now. <laughs> Dave, what do you got? Well, I want to hear Rob's thoughts as to why. It's just how it is. I think it's a great movie. Um, better than the last two Star Wars movies that doesn't count Rogue One because that the, movie was incredible. The last two seven movies was the and last honestly, Jedi and Rogue One. Call it seven and eight then. No, that's why I just said, that's why I just skipped it. But okay, fine. <laughs> seven and eight were both not Trash. as good as Solo. They were bad. I, I, liked, I liked seven more than eight, but this is a discussion for another time. Right, mm-hmm. same here. But Solo was a great movie. It beat, for me personally, it beat episode two. It beat I mean, seven it's and not, eight. It's not Absolutely. hard to beat episode two, Holmes. No, I think the but, only I mean, the it's, only movie it's hard for that one to beat episode three for me, but it, it, it episode three is one of my favorites. Hmm. Whatever. Fair. All but right. This one's getting pretty close to that because it did feel like a Star Wars movie, not as much oh, as yeah. Rogue One, but it did, and it was different. And I like the way that they're trying to go that way. And I really do think that these ones are more of my taste. Fair I can enough. see that happening where I don't look into the sagas as much as I used to. I'm more I, I I feel very similar. I think I, I see a strong likelihood, especially given the path that Disney seems to be on with this, that I may end up liking the spin-off story films better than the actual episodes. But it's unfortunate, but it, it's certainly it been the pattern of the of the four films that have come out yeah. since Disney took over. We've had two episodes. We've had two Star Wars stories. The Star Wars stories, one for me was the best Star Wars movie ever, and then here's Solo we have, which is towards the top half of the pack, and then Seven and Eight are both garbage films. So like. You know, you have something Rough. there. Dave? Yeah, um, real quick, before I give my, I just want to give a couple highlights to the chat that's going on here over on Twitch.tv. Again, guys, you can join the chat just by checking us out, which is now going to be every Sunday night. We moved our schedule. Every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern here on YouTube and on Twitch.tv. You can be part of the chat and be featured in the show, just like Britch here has been. Um, he just wants to say that. Uh, let's see here. We talked about that. Um he says it, it should it should have been the battle. Wait, hold on. Excuse me. It should have been uh, a holocalling calling uh, of a hooded figure during the time on the Falcon. He's as of course talking. He's basically about, saying he thinks that we should have foreshadowed Maul a little bit with Kira. Right. Which maybe would have made it make a little more sense. I you know for me I don't want him at all in the movie. But mm. yeah, I guess it would have wouldn't have been so strange if they had teased it a little bit. Uh, let's see. Darth Vader in Rogue One made no sense. It's literally a day or two before we fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, he... yeah, but really, that we just kind of have to. Darth Vader, Darth Vader cutting through all the the guards and stuff, trying to make his way onto the ship does make sense because when he finally catches up to the ship, he's pissed off and choking people, anyways. Yeah, right. but the other the other thing about Episode Four with them whacking sticks around is it was Episode Four. Like George Lucas had no fucking right. clue what he was doing yet, all and right. he still managed yeah, to make yeah. one of the greatest movies in cinematic history. He also says that Han <laughs> getting his name was fine. It should have been on uh, his battlefield nickname. It should have been uh, a rogue on the battlefield. Think of himself as the one man army, uh, you know, and his squad mates say like he flies solo. Um, Kira should have been uh, scheming yeah. to overthrow a mob guy from the beginning. She should have been. A, oh, okay, that's what we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. So my thoughts on uh, uh, on Solo. I will agree. I will also say a seven point five. You know, uh, it was good. It was almost great. It had a few moments. I thought overall the excuse me the pacing of the film was really good up until the third act where it really start. Excuse me, I got a hiccup all of a sudden now. Um, you know, the pacing of the film Get was really, really good up until the third act. 
Um, I thought this, the soundtrack, I, even after seeing, hearing it three times, um, you know, there's only a few bits and pieces of like Infus Nest's theme that I, there was only a few themes I was really, really able to take away from that film. So the, the soundtrack of the film was pretty forgettable. A lot of harps for some fucking reason. Um, <laughs> so I thought the, 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 the soundtrack. I actually thought the Emphis Nest theme was really cool. It was cool. It was uh, fine. Um, but that's the, what I'm saying. It was one of the few themes I was actually able to recognize after seeing it three times. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, here we go. Um, yeah, the pacing was good. The characters were good. The story was was good. Um, you know, I ultimately feel like if it wasn't for L3, this movie would have definitely been an eight. Um, and, and she ruined everything. I think, I think, I think, I think we would take it out. about how L3 becomes the Millennium Falcon? Yeah, which is yeah. Yeah. whatever. Remember in episode five, you know, when C-3PO was like, I don't know where your ship learned to communicate. We kind of, they kind of gave us that hint <laughs> yeah. of where uh, the ship came. And then, know, I, I didn't think about that. That's and then an the, interesting thought. And then the other thing oh, that yeah, people, the other thing that people yeah, were talking I, about right now is L3. how the fate of L3 is really, really dark because like she always wanted to be free and of three, free thought. And now she's like literally stuck now in a Falcon. It has no, into, yeah, she's plugged in the, into the Falcon and, and it's, you know, everything about the ship, the nav computer, everything is attached to that character now. So while we might have hated the character, that character ended up giving us the most iconic ship. Uh, out of the whole yeah, Star but Wars. I don't like that choice. So that's the issue. Yeah, yeah but that, wait, that's, wait, wait, that's a there. choice. That the we fell in made. love with the Falcon way before L3 was ever a part of this. Wait, and can I, can I say, somewhere right, in canon, right, I, but I... The noise... The, yes, the when noise. They load, when they load L3 into the nav computer and it makes that that famous uh, noise that the Millennium Falcon makes. Could you do the noise? I cannot do the noise wrong. Or something like it's, it's that humming <laughs> noise. Yeah, it's the humming noise that, that when it fires up and everything. Right. You know, in, in, when you watch the movie, you know the noise, you know. Yeah. Just, just knowing that that's because of L3 now, I don't know if that, if that hinders the Millennium <laughs> Falcon for the original, you know, the original trilogy or not mm -hmm. so but it like you said it's kind of like a dark fate for the character you know wanting to be free and all of a sudden she's enslaved to the falcon right and, and whoever owns the falcon which ends up being han for a really long time right um bridge also says the music when han and chewie are in the cockpit and the star wars theme plays is beautiful but again that's that's a theme that we're all familiar with you know it's not original at all um, he also says, uh, oh God, what if they, uh, did this just to bring L3 back for episode nine? At this point, man, <laughs> at this point, like based on the, 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 the nosedive in quality that we've taken since, you know, from seven to eight and I, I expect episode nine to be absolutely abysmal. And here's the point. Here's the thing. We've learned our lesson from Solo. If we expect nine to be garbage, even if it's not amazing, it, we might still feel okay about it. Right, I, I that I seems to be the lesson from you. Solo. I feel like Episode Nine my has is, so much expectations. Really, I th I feel like I actually, everyone my... has so much hope for Episode Nine to come up, to bring all of these strings to an oh, end. It's finally, gonna suck. it's gonna bomb. It's gonna it's, suck so yeah. much. Go ahead, Ken. <sighs> I think Last Jedi's is severely hampering fans' expectations moving forward. Um, and rightfully so, is a very divisive, uh, decisive movie. But um, no, ep episode eight, Last Jedi, moving forward is going to hinder on these movies. And I think Solo really suffered, being that it just came out five months after Last Jedi. Yeah. 
in the in, in the dead of summer when, when all these other blockbusters are out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think yeah, they could have the timed it a lot better than two weeks after stuff. Infinity War, one week after Deadpool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, exactly. I, I think the timing was very piss poor, and that's on Disney, and Disney really needs to, to, they to learn their look. We'll see if they. Learn. I don't think they learned their lesson. Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I think they. Launching, I, I, they're I, not I, launching the next Star Wars episode in the winter. They're they're launching it in in the spring next year. No, are they? Episode nine. Episode nine. Uh, they've episode, already announced episode nine is December of next year. Correct. I, I thought I was. I thought I read. To December it's a year and a half away now. So. Hmm. Yeah, that December seems, that's, that's what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. So, so assume, presumably the next one will be. So we've got a good probably year and a half until t- yep. until the next film, which will right. be nine. Nine's going to be garbage, and then hopefully they'll come up with a Star Wars story. Or after that, we'll either get another Star Wars story, or we'll start to see Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Well, see, right, right now, right now, there's two Star Wars stories that are that are being talked about. So they're saying. I mean, rumor has it Kenobi, which they have not officially announced yet, is supposed to start filming early next year. God, that'll be incredible. Only if they if bring, if they McGregor, don't bring you and McGregor back, I'm, not I'm out. My problem, my only problem with them doing a Kenobi movie is, is that we've kind of already explored this character almost from front of, you know, from from the prequel movies all the way forward. Even in Rebels, we explore that they character. Brought Luke back, and we already explored all his shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for episode eight, as far as Luke goes, episode eight, that's like continuing his shit and then fucking it up. Mm-hmm. So what did Obi-Wan do between those two episodes? What was he doing? But here's he here's the thing. fucking he planet around a fucking fire, Rob. That's what place. he did. He was getting fought by Darth Maul. Cut Darth Maul's lightstaff, by the way. And, and he was probably getting his dick sucked. By who? No, by who? By, by who? Who the, the fuck? That he loves by, he's a Jedi. And villain. He's a Jedi, which means no orgasms. He's not a Jedi anymore. Yeah, he's a Jedi. He's a fucking hermit that sits around a campfire and watches some kid creepily from the mountaintop. <laughs> So Doesn't make any fucking right. sense to do a Kenobi movie. So but if they fucking do it, they better make it good. And that's the problem. They have to make it good. I would like to see a Star Wars story with a jedi or sith character like with lightsabers front and center that would be cool i will say i mean old republic next they need to they need they need to look at the old republic so they have a all right welcome back ladies and gentlemen to the cocky cockpit sorry about that for the technical difficulty um but it's a good thing it kind of uh happened when we were coming to a close we're just kind of just talking about hey what's next for the cocky cockpit I know Ken and uh, Rob are really going out there at the end, uh, which is great for for your entertainment. So I apologize that that abruptly came to an end. But uh, I just want to say next week, I know we'll probably end up talking more about as to why the Han Solo film came to such a uh, um, a disappointing uh, weekend and uh, possibly next couple weeks in the box office and see and and discuss as to our speculation as to why it is underperforming um as well as you know depending on the news of whether kathleen kennedy gets fired or not we'll probably talk more about that as well um it is going to be interesting to see how these next thing a few things unfold um you know if if you're tuning back in thank you we're going to be playing some star wars nice to the republic in the meantime but 
If you guys are just checking us out for the very first time, let me just start by saying thank you for checking us out. We are the Cocky Cockpit Podcast. We're a group of content creators from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania who like to keep our head in the cockpit and make Star Wars comedy videos, podcasts, and live streams just like this one that you can check out every Friday. Oh, excuse me. Just changed up our streaming schedule every Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern um, on both YouTube and Twitch.tv. Definitely check us out. Leave us an awesome review if you're listening to the MP3 version or drop a like and subscribe as well. Until next time, next time guys, may the force be with you. The party's over.